Alrighty, we are back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf, or should I say Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, Jimmy Falcon, the king of the quarantine, and with us today is a very talented, lovely actress and a pretty talented swimmer from what I've read, Brittany Eber. How's it going? Woo! I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Are you hanging in there? I'm doing pretty good. I, th- I figured today it's probably been about a month that all this has been going down, and although I've still been working, it sucks because I haven't been able to travel, I haven't been doing conventions and all that stuff, so I miss the the road and I miss the world. How's things out your way? Yeah, I mean, pretty, uh, I forget, you're in, are you in the Midwest? Yes, I am in Illinois, not too far from where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I grew up in Madison and then lived in Chicago for about four years before I moved out to LA but um LA's going pretty well I I mean with the downtime now I'm I try to only like from what it sounds like with most people I try to only watch the news every other day or every couple days just to kind of get the gist of it um otherwise you can really kind of get sucked in with the ever-changing daily news and outlook of it so um I mean, the streets are kind of quiet, which is kind of nice. I can actually hear regular sounds outside. And boy, you know, if you do get outside, it, it's it's kind of weird that there's no clouds most of the time. So I don't know if that actually has something to do with pollution or not. I will have to double check my old like meteorology books because I did study a bit of that in college. And I don't remember what it says about clouds versus no clouds, but I just think that's really interesting each time that I've like had to go out grocery shopping um there's been no clouds so I don't know what the answer to that is I just find that fascinating yeah I heard people are actually able to see their spouses now when they're walking down the sidewalk in LA it's pretty interesting to uh to be able to see uh, half a foot in front of you yeah yeah although when I was out um the last time grocery shopping like towards down because i'm in burbank um i think burbank reminds me the most of the midwest (laughs) people are a little bit nicer you know they kind of nod or give you like a wave in the alley as you're like driving by you know on your way to work this is obviously a month or so ago but um people are just a little more apt to say hello and kind of wave and things like that but anyway if you look towards going into Hollywood, um, towards the hill, you can kind of start to see smog sometimes. And I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought we just cleared this up. How is this back already? So I think some people are breaking the rules here. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it's L.A., come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I found interesting was um, that you have... Uh, are so accomplished at swimming. Oh, yeah. Well, the, that started, which is probably not too different from maybe other kids that had to learn how to swim. Um, my parents are deathly afraid of the water. Um, I don't, they never shared that they had like a near drowning experience, or maybe they just have always been afraid to go in. Um, so they made sure that I was in swim lessons from a very early age. So I think I started. I mean, as early, I I teach swimming lessons in the summer when the industry slows, usually, Um, and so I've taught infants all the way up through adults, but I probably started at, I don't know, five, six, seven, that's the usual age that um, I teach because that's kind of when you can retain the most information and actually try to get your body through the water, but um, so with that came swim team and 
lifeguarding and teaching swimming lessons and coaching swim team. Um, I walked onto my college swim team. It's a Division One uh, team, even though it was um, it's at UW Milwaukee. It's not the main school in in. Wisconsin, UW-Madison is really what everybody knows, but um, still, Milwaukee is a Division One school that not many people know about. I mean, it's not Big Ten or Pac-12 or anything like that, but uh, to be able to walk on to a D1 swim team, I think, was a pretty good accomplishment. I mean, sure, I swam in the lane furthest away from the middle, like, the, they call that the slow lane, which is, like, all the way over to the wall, so it's like, who knows if the coach really saw me doing the drills or anything anyway. But with that, grew into swimming from Alcatraz in 2015. And actually, before that, when I swam in college, we took uh, training trips to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where they have the Hall of Fame pool um, that Johnny Weissmailer, who played Tarzan in the movies, and Esther Williams, as we all know, um, those two really Johnny was the founder of that pool. And so it's an Olympic-sized pool, platform dives. So we trained there um, while I was in college uh, a couple years in a row when I was on the team. And then we would do ocean miles in Boca Raton, Florida. So when I swam, so my joke is when I swam in Florida, I, I swapped warm water and jellyfish for cold water and sharks when I swam <laughs> from Alcatraz in 2015. <laughs> so, um, and everyone asked me like why I did it and oh, how was it and this, that and the other. I, I don't know, I just, ever since I saw in the news years ago about this woman who I think was 62 or 66 swam in the English Channel in just her swimsuit, yep. I thought, well, geez, what's my Mount Everest moment? You know, I'm not actually going to climb Mount Everest. I've seen too many scary movies on that, and um, I'm just not conditioned for that, even though I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> I hate the cold. Um, I thought, well, let me let me give this a try. And sure, it was like 10, 17 years after college, so it was a little bit of a training curve to get back to it. But I made my friend's husband swim with me, and we did it. It's a mile and a half, um, basically from the island to uh, the bay. We You stopped at the San Francisco Yacht Club, and so you just kind of wash up on shore there and then there's this great place, I think, called the Buena Vista, where you get Irish coffees, famous Irish coffees. So we went and celebrated there, and every, and almost everybody that was swimming with us, you could see because they had the same wet hair, the same Alcatraz T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to so. bring. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up because that was like notoriously known back in the day when it was actually a prison to be unescapable. There's stories about people swimming and being considered dead so i think doing that even you know in recent years is pretty awesome especially with sharks nibbling at your bum yeah i mean my friend's husband i think he was um no pun intended getting cold feet before we swam because i was actually taking it serious i would like the the, the group that we swam with like they have a little disclaimer you know for strong swimmers only um you must be able to swim a mile in the pool in under 40 minutes. And I was coming in at 45, and I wasn't practicing, like, every day or, like, really hardcore. But um, I was at least in the water and, like, building up endurance. And uh, 
he hadn't really practiced. He was busy with work, and um, of course, like when I came up to San Francisco and stayed with them for the weekend, you could tell he was visibly nervous <laughs> to swim. And I thought, oh God, please don't cop out on me now. I was like, I, I would not mind swimming it by myself, but you know, first time after swimming Ocean Miles in Fort Lauderdale, like I'd be more comfortable with a buddy. You know, I know there's going to be, like, herds of other people swimming, but it is, like I said, warm water and jellyfish for cold water and sharks. I am a little bit. Right. I just want to have the comfort of a buddy, and I suggest that for anybody doing something challenging. And it's hard. It's hard to find a swimming buddy because not everybody's comfortable and confident in their swimming skills. So um, he did it, and uh, but even the boat ride from where we started out to Alcatraz Island, he could tell he was still really nervous. And I was like, well, geez, how much did you practice? He's like, not at all. And I was like, oh, great. So I'm thinking this whole time I'm going to have to, like, wait for him to catch up. And um, uh, I got to say the opposite happened, which kind of made me mad. <laughs> when we jumped in, um, and we blame it on our wetsuits. I had a, a 3.2 millimeter wetsuit. His was um, quite a bit thinner. And uh, he was zipping through the water. And I, he actually had to wait for me. And I was like, well, what was nice about the program we swam with, the rule was um, you swim a little bit, and then you pop your head up, and you spot where your finish is. And they gave us like a landmark to look at. So uh, we swam first thing in the morning so that the waves are really calm, so the water is almost glass. Um, but you still had to look up in spot so that way you wouldn't be drifting away. And so like we'd swim a little bit and I'd say, Wayne, and he'd swim a little bit and he'd say, Brittany. So we just kind of kept on each other's radar But man, I was mad because I was practicing and prepping and here he like stole the show. But, and so of course he's like, I'm ready to do it again. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's see when that happens. But to get back to your question, as far as like, yeah, there's that, the, the, the fable of like did the three make it and everyone that's like everyone's favorite question when they uh to ask me when they found out that I swam Alcatraz at first when I jumped in um so everyone there's really no order to jumping in I mean people kind of wait their turn in line but people are kind of jumping on top of each other so I waited <laughs> till most people went and then I jumped in because I mean, my God, if you get jumped on, it could be over, mm. you know, over before you start, depending right. on, you know, if they hit your shoulder or knock the wind out of you or whatever. Out. But it was pretty cool to me. But in talking to people heading out who had done it before, I mean, we saw like uh, father daughter swimming, high school swim team swimming. So I was like, okay, we're fine. Like, we do not need to be as afraid as we think we are. <laughs> there's people of all ages young and old that are swimming so we'll fit right in and like I told my friend Wayne I was like I don't need to come in first I just want to finish but when we jumped in it was pretty cold compared to what everybody was saying it was like 63 maybe um, but they had been like some of these veteran distance like open water swimmers said sometimes it's been down to 30 and some people didn't even have a wetsuit. They just had a regular old swimsuit or a Speedo and swam. And um, so at first it was pretty cold to get used to. Um, you know, on a wetsuit you've got everything but your hands, your feet, and your head 
covered up. So unless you have booties or gloves or the hood, man, it pierces through your skin. And, you know, you've got to keep moving your hands and your toes so you don't, so hypothermia doesn't set in. And so it's like you try to swim faster so your body warms up. And um, But I'll tell you, for the first quarter, I didn't put my face in the whole time. I It was way too cold to just do one or two strokes before I had to come up and um, uh, take a breath. So I ended up swimming the whole thing backstroke. So I don't know if anyone else can say that, but I'm pretty proud of that because freestyle is usually your strongest and your fastest stroke. So for me to be able to swim at backstroke, I think was a pretty good challenge. And I got a cool different view. You know, I got to see the island getting smaller and the birds swimming above. Um, but again, back to your question, uh, whether or not these three guys survived, when I first started, I didn't think so because I was so swept up in nerves and um, being anxious and just, uh, you know, you're taking really short breaths because it's the excitement of um, everything starting. But I thought, I can't tap out. I, that's not a story I want to tell people is, hey, how did the swim go? And then for me to be like, oh, yeah, no, I couldn't make it. Um, but I'm going to do it next year. You know, like I didn't want to leave with that story. So I was like, just calm down, get your breathing in check. And once I did, and I think that's just true for anything that is scary or challenging in our lives, just get your breathing in check. And that's going to calm your mind and your body so you can go for whatever you're going for. So once I calmed my breathing, um, it was pretty cake after. And I thought, boy, maybe these guys did make it. Plus, you've got your intensity and your will to survive. Like, I was just doing this for fun. They're escaping for for their freedom. So I think they could have done it. I think the will and the determination, if it's there, absolutely. And they should remain free and anonymous if they made it. You know what I mean? To be able to absolutely. cross that and, and survive, absolutely. Well, I noticed that you uh, had a recurring on uh, General Hospital as Debbie the Waitress. So that had to be a pretty awesome experience. How did all that become involved with you? Yeah, that was actually my very, very first daytime job in Los Angeles. I had done a dramatization role for a TLC show called They Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, so I was recreating a character. But my first, so that was cable, but my first daytime, like real big credit, um, was on General Hospital, and originally it started as extra work. For soap operas, I don't know if they still do this now, but 10 years ago and before that, they would hire their own extras. They wouldn't use a separate company like the movies or the TV shows do, which hire um, separate companies that hire their um, background actors. So with the soap operas hiring their own background actors, then they, they have a smaller pool to work with. And then what happens, not all the time, but sometimes um, you then climb that ladder of bigger and bigger parts, co-star, recurring, that type of thing. For me, um, I was just able to climb that ladder into co-star. So what turned into extra work at first then became like a recurring co-star. I was always Debbie the waitress in uh, 
uh, Jake's Bar, which then turned into the Floating Ribs. So I was always either a waitress or a bartender um, at the local hangout after work for the doctors and nurses. And honestly, I, I joke about this too. I think that my day job of bartending and serving was the first time that I was able to combine day job and acting together because usually they're very separate. You work the day job for a means to an end, but your whole goal is to be working, you know, on set in any type of uh, medium. So I honestly feel like my daytime day job skills of serving and bartending lent itself perfectly for obviously that role. And even the stage managers, like two of the three stage managers that I got to know over that time, I remember one, he would say, oh, good, you're here. Okay, I don't have to worry about you. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I know you just know where to go. Like, I won't have to direct you and tell you where to go. And I was like, oh, well, that's really great. And I said, I guess because I'm just doing on set what I would be doing at work, you know, cleaning this table, cleaning these glasses, you know, running these dirty plates over to where the imaginary dishwasher or like back of the kitchen would be. So, and, and it worked out perfect because I wasn't trying to be on camera. I just happened to be on camera by doing my normal serving bartending duties. So I think that, I think that stood out not only to stage managers, but um, what I had found out later through casting is their new executive producer uh, liked me as well. And usually he just does um, new people for a few days. So the fact that I was able to hang on for 10 years and, well, five years and 35 episodes within those five years, I thought that was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, absolutely, especially yeah. with the revolving door of people. Well, I know times are, are kind of questionable now, but I always like to, uh, to finish with what the future holds for you. I did notice you on a new film called Elise with Sir Anthony Hopkins. That had to be pretty awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's, it's so interesting. Like Each job that's come about has been very unique on how that's come about. Um, a casting director friend had called me in. Uh, this was before... This was like two years, two years ago, and they were already implementing self-tapes, which is you're not going into the casting director's office to uh, audition in person live on tape. Uh, the self-tapes are now transitioned to you have your home set up, kind of like you in, in the studio, like you've got your setup, you're probably at home, you don't have to go to like a radio station like um, that we hear music and all that from for your, to do your job. So I've got my home set up at home um, with the camera and the lights and everything. And so I had submitted a self-tape to her two years ago on a totally different project. And it was for a nurse role. I didn't get it. There was another nurse role that came up. I didn't get that. And then all of a sudden, I was on my way to the gym and my manager uh, just text me and he said, you are on hold for an Anthony Hopkins movie. Um, I'm just checking your availability. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, this is so unbelievable. Like, who gets a message like that? And I was just like, what? Are you sure? Like, I, I don't have to audition. They're just offering me this. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's between like the head.
head nurse or, um, you know, the other nurse. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, well, the head nurse has a scene opposite Anthony Hopkins. I was like, sweet. I mean, so, okay, I'm a contender for both. He's like, yeah, I'll f- just wanted to check your availability, so I'll check back with you later. And um, what I found out later, okay, so I book it. I'm the secondary nurse, so I don't get the scene opposite Anthony, but I am a nurse in a, in a movie with Sir Anthony Hopkins that I didn't have to audition for. What I had found out, the casting director was rooting for me. She was trying her darndest to get me in on a project that she was working on, so I can only imagine that she had used a self-tape audition for a nurse role from a previous project to submit on this project and they liked it enough and they trusted me enough to be able to go up against Anthony which I still think is crazy off of a self-tape but it happened yeah that is so very cool I'm sure that experience uh, alone was probably one for a lifetime oh yeah and and it's so wonderful too when when word got out that you know I had booked it and when I was shooting and all of this, um, uh, where I bartend my day job, it's near one of the studios, and so a lot of the guys got to share with me their stories of working with Anthony Hopkins, and they had nothing but amazing things to say, how just unbelievably nice he is, and so that was really wonderful leading up to me going into to working um, on that film with him, because it put me more at ease going in working with such a big name, you know, because otherwise it's really nerve-wracking. Wow, I think it would almost be the opposite. I mean, it's nervous energy that's like excitement. It's all kind of rolled into one. (laughs) But it's like you don't, you don't want to mess up. You don't want to be, no matter how many credits you have under your belt, I think, well, for me, the first time you work with a really big name and he to me is like the biggest name I've ever worked with you don't want to be the one that like messes up on on his watch or their watch so but a lot of times some people say people in that position they get it they've they've been where we've been so they understand and I think if you just focus on what you're doing and why you're there then every all the nerves and everything dissipates because you're just focusing on your job and the scene that you're creating, the story that you're telling opposite this person. And it does. All that kind of melts away. Wow. That is so very awesome. Brittany, thank you so very much for joining me. It was an absolute honor talking to you. With you. You're a great person. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to do this. I Like I said, I can't believe that in the past uh, I haven't done it because I have heard of uh, the Cloverleaf radio show, so it must have just been in a buzz kind of on the blog talk radio that I had seen in the past, so I'm, I'm so happy that you reached out. Thank you. Yeah, any way that I'm heard that's not front page news or any obituaries, I'm cool with. <laughs> well, luckily the obituaries are in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if I robbed the bank, I'd be on the front. Something better than that, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Well, I appreciate again so very much. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your downtime, I guess I'll call it. Yep. And best of luck in your career. Thank you so much.
Thanks, and I hope to be in touch uh, for future update, future projects. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Great. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Thank you. All right, guys, I don't have any other shows scheduled at the moment. It seems like even though we're, we're in these perilous times, some people are just too busy Zooming or something, uh, TikToking, making YouTube videos. They're doing something there. They're too busy for us, but uh, it was great talking with Brittany. Uh, the thing about this show, I'm going to have to uh, upload it onto the Anchor because with the Blog Talk crap going on, um, yeah, maybe Blog Talk has uh, COVID. Maybe that's why it's acting stupid. Uh, it's going to go to Anchor, and then it'll be on the website and uh, everything like that, which, of course, is jianetwork.com. And we will be sure to let you guys know when we are recording again. Big thanks again to Brittany Ebert, and we will see you guys down the line. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.